0: Hola mi gente, what up my people? My name is Pastor Rich Cologne. I'm the lead pastor here at Santos Church, broadcasting to you live from Southwest Detroit, Michigan. Wherever you're listening from, I'm glad that you are listening. This podcast is meant to do one of two things, and that is either bring you our message content or it's content that we thought would enrich our message content. We'll have more information at the end of this episode on how you could get connected with us either in person online, or on social media. But for now, thanks for listening to this podcast. Gracias para escuchando esto podcast. And let's get into it. Vamos. All right. So this week we are in part three of our new series called Saints. It's new because our church is new. It's our first series, part three. If you've missed the first two weeks, I won't recap them fully. They are whatever platform you're listening to this on, they are on here, and you can go back and check those out. Week one of Saints was about faith because that is the cornerstone that all this flows through. If you weren't on a faith journey, we wouldn't be talking about all this other stuff, right? It wouldn't be important, Uh, but you are, and so week one was faith. Week two was all about community and how community, holistic community biblically is defined by having community with God and community with others. If you miss those, I want to invite you to go back and listen to those as well. These are all kind of like Lego bricks that are building on top of each other in some way. And so today we are in week three. And today what I want to talk to you about is engaging, engaging, right? That might sound a little bit different than like faith or community. This one is, is a little bit more intentionally action-driven driven, engaging. Uh, As Marshawn Lynch would say, the famed infamous beast mode running back, Marshawn Lynch would say, I'm about that action boss. And so this week, we all about that action boss. And so when we're talking about engaging, I started thinking about my daughter playing soccer. Actually, it might not make sense to you now, but let me explain. I'm thinking of my daughter playing soccer. My daughter's name is Olivia. She's eight years old. She's on a team that has a bunch of seven- and eight-year-olds, and some of them have played soccer a little bit. Most of them haven't, and so she's playing on a team right here in Southwest Detroit. The team is called Roberto Clemente. It's named after the famous Puerto Rican baseball player. Shout out to all the baseball fans, all the Clemente fans in the house listening to this, but she's on Team Clemente, and um, I've noticed something about it when they play at this age when they're on, they are on. I mean, my daughter, the first week she was on, she was excited to be there. First time on the field, they've got these fly uniforms, right? She got new cleats. I mean, she's ready to go. She's feeling it. And she actually, uh, got, got a lot of love that week because she managed to score the first goal of the entire season for her team. And so she was pumped the second week. Uh, it was like a movie, man. Like, like literally like a movie clocks running out referee you see him grabbing his whistle looking at his watch he's about to blow the whistle ball lands right in front of my daughter's feet and she just kicks it as hard as she can and boom scores a goal ref blows the whistle game's over it was a tiebreaker and the team erupts the parents erupt I mean you know they talk about how it's all about sportsmanship at this age which is good and everything but let's be real like Everybody want to win, right? And so when she scored the game winner, we were all like, wow, like this is crazy, right? And she was pumped. We let her pick out where we were eating that day. She was totally feeling herself. And rightfully so, right? Like you want her to have those moments. But I've also noticed when she's off, she's off. And it's hard to wrangle her back in and get her into the right mindset. Uh, this past week, the most recent game that she played was an off game. The weather has taken a uh, turn here in Michigan. Finally, it's starting to warm up, like really, really warm up and trend upwards in temperature. And so it was a hotter day. Her team is distracted. We had La Peleteria guys walking around. Those are the, you know, you have ice cream chunks, but then you have the guys that walk around with like the mobile coolers that have the ice cream in it. And those guys are walking around on the field now, which is pretty genius if you're talking about marketing, but it's pretty annoying if you're a parent trying to get your kid to focus. And so uh, that guy's walking around the field and the kids are like, I want ice cream. It's hot out here. My daughter's walking over to us like every two minutes that she's not on the field and asking us for water and when the game's going to be over. And so it was an off day for her. When she got on the field, I noticed that the ball came to her several times and she just kind of stared at it. She was just kind of like, huh? Like, I forgot what to do with this thing. You know, uh, her other teammates, they just got so distracted. They couldn't stay off the ground. They would kick a ball or bump into each other and they just roll around on the ground, just like flopping everywhere, you know, unnecessarily. And you're just kind of sitting here going, hey, like what's going on right now? Right? And so I call Olivia over to the sideline. I say, hey, 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 listen to me. When the ball comes your way, you have to engage. You have to, you have to pay attention to what's going on. Don't forget that you have a team that is ready. You can pass to them at any time. If, if you're not open for a shot or you can't advance the ball, uh, pass to a teammate. Engage with your team. If you have an open shot or an open pass or you get a good look with the ball, You know, engage with what's going on. Take a crack at it. Keep your feet moving. If you're in like a group of people and the ball comes your way and everybody's looking at it, you be proactive. Get on the ball. Move to it. Start kicking. That's why y'all got shin guards. Just keep going at it, right? Until something happens, engage with what's going on. Don't forget you're on a team. Don't forget you're in an active play, uh, gameplay, right? And don't forget that your coach is trying to tell you stuff. So don't forget to listen to them. As well. Then I noticed she got on the field and she was trying to be a little bit more with it. But every time something else happened, she'd turn and look at me like she was waiting on me to direct her instead of her coach that's trying to get her attention. Right. And as I'm watching this, I'm thinking how easy it was in the midst of all this going on for her and her team to lose focus, to feel dejected, to feel distracted, to just feel like, hey, I'm I'm kind of forgetting why we're out here and why. This matters now. You may not play soccer like, like me. I played a little soccer, but I'm not a soccer player. Hence, my probably terrible coaching advice. If you play soccer and you're listening to this, you're probably like, Yo, what is he talking about? But it it, it doesn't matter <laughs> your inexperience with soccer or not. The point is, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, and sometimes I feel like we as believers, as Los Santos, as the saints we can get into a similar pattern. We can forget that we're in a place that requires intentionality, that we have a team that we can lean on or that we can resource. We forget that we're being coached, right? We forget to engage with what's going on around us. And so when things come our way that require us to lean in, we don't. We just kind of drop our arms. We start walking instead of running. We become reactionary instead of proactive, and we tend to forget as well, and we disengage, we withdraw. You, it may not even be from distraction, right? It may be things actually going on with you. You may have uh, had a recent struggle, a recent loss, a recent tragedy, right, that's caused you to feel like you need to withdraw or pull back. So then we start to, to medicate ourselves. Then we knowingly start to distract ourselves from the world around us, we begin to lean lean away from people that matter to us or avoid relationships that might help us or encourage us to become more active, right? And before long, we begin to just exist and not engage and definitely not thrive. But this is not the encouragement that you and I receive if we were to look into Scripture today. All I have for you is pretty simple. I believe that this one passage that I'm going to read to you demonstrates this idea in its entirety. What I'm about to read to you is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 5 through 7. So if you're, again, you know the drill. If you've listened to this before, you've been with us in person here at Santos, if you're following along, prepare to to highlight this, make a note of this, dog-ear your page so you can get back to it. But we're going to be in Jeremiah, chapter 29, Verses 5 through 7. Jeremiah is like a really important book. And the Bible is written by the prophet Jeremiah. It's written to uh, the Jews, right? Israel, who is now in exile in Babylon because of their paganism. So due to their pagan worship, they have now been exiled to the land of Babylon. So this is not a good situation for them. Uh, spiritually, not where they want to be, geographically, not where they want to be, and even just personally, probably not where they want to be at. This is not a favorable situation for them. But in the midst of that, the prophet Jeremiah still writes these words to them. Starting in verse 5, he says to them, Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. That's... that. That's kind of peculiar to us because we live in a time and in a context where we are literally being programmed and conditioned to think that there's always a greener patch of grass somewhere else that we are not standing. And we just have to continuously put the work in to get there, right? Like Whatever city you live in, there's a better city. Whatever neighborhood you live in, there's a better neighborhood. Whatever house you live in, there's a better house, right? Whatever job you have, there's a way to climb the ladder to a better position or move to a better company, right? Like whatever it is that we're doing. I mean, downright, like all the way down to the shoes that we wear, right? I get a pair of shoes. I think they're fly. I put them on, whatever. Then I hop on Instagram and I get an ad, for some new shoes, and all of a sudden, I'm, I don't even care about the shoes that I just got or I got on because I'm trying to cop these new ones, right? Because these are better, and they're better because I don't have them, right? The grass is always greener. And so we live in, in a time that's like that. And so hearing these words, and, and a lot of us, most of us pick the situation that we're in. We apply to the job that we have. We chose the neighborhood we live in, right? To an extent. Right. Unless you live with your parents and your parents live somewhere and you live with them. And so you didn't really get to choose. But even you could say maybe in most situations, you living with them is your choice. Right. And so that that's these are things that are on our terms and we're still not content with them. But but right here, Israel was exiled to a place not of their choosing as a result of something that they weren't supposed to do. And so now they're in a situation that that like they didn't even pick for themselves. And they're still being told, put down roots. See the good in it. Literally, don't just see the good in it. Seek the good for it. Do things that require time. Do things that require personal investment. Do things that cause you to see beauty where you are. And this is different for us because we we don't, we're, we don't really hear much about seeing beauty where we are. Beauty is always somewhere else, and so we have to chase it or make more money to get to it or to feel it. But, but when we're called to engage where we are at, then we have to look at where we are as somewhere that we love, not loathe. And, and the longer that we're somewhere, it shouldn't breed contempt or complacency. It should breed love and passion and desire to see it grow and to prosper. This is what it means to engage, right? Don't just exist. Build houses. Settle down. Get comfortable. Put roots down. Don't just live passively. Plant gardens and then eat what they produce. Have kids there. Stay a while. Be there so long that you have kids and then your kids have kids. So you're having grandbabies where you are. Build a legacy where you are. Be that engaged. Increase in number there. Put your foot on the gas and work towards something. Build something special. Do not decrease, it says in verse 6. And then also seek the peace and the prosperity, the success, the growth, good things for the city to which I've placed you and carried you to. Pray for it. Want the best for it. Because if it prospers, you prosper. I don't know much about gardening, but I know this. If you plant things in good soil, it's going to grow. And so if you seek to see good soil cultivated where you are and you're planted where you are, then out of that good soil, you're going to see things start to spring to life around you. And if you're planted in that as well, guess what's going to happen? Growth and life is going to happen for you as well. Because when the city prospers, you too prosper but this requires us to engage and not just exist that requires us to not just look for the next best thing but to settle down to plant gardens to have kids to make babies invest in where we are make relationships with people where we are develop some favorite restaurants that you go to and get to know your waiters ask your waiter about their family Go to the barbershop, visit the same barber, build relationship with them. Go to the same nail place, build relationships with them. Meet your mailman, meet your neighbors, put down roots, invest in, do something that's going to require you to sacrifice a little, that requires a little bit of personal investment because then it'll matter to you more. It's not easy. It's not the preferential thing for us. But this is what it looks like when you want to see life spring up where there's death. This is what it requires from us to engage. I recently met a guy in my neighborhood, right? In Mi Barrio, who, who I think is the perfect example of this idea. His name is William. And William, I met just by happenstance, right? Like me and my wife were driving the car. We were going to the school that my daughter's going to go to next year, right? Next school year. And William was actually outside doing security and directing traffic for pickup time. And we rolled down the window, asked him some questions, and then he asked us some questions. And before we knew it, we were exchanging information. We, We friended each other on Facebook. And a couple of weeks later, We saw William was on there asking if he knew of anybody that had a bed because he knew somebody needed one. We happened to have an extra bed. My wife contacted him, let him know. He came by the house with his wife to pick it up. And all these things kind of domino affected into us being able to talk and get to know William and his wife a little bit better. And through that, Uh, it's kind of funny, but I was, I I remarked, I said, man, I need to get a domino table. And William goes, bro, you don't have a domino table. Hold on. And on the spot, takes out his phone, calls somebody that has one, negotiates the price for me, and then sets up a time for us to pick it up. And so I look at William and I say, Hey man, I'm going to, I'll give you the money for it. You can go pick it up. Let me know when you get it, you know, whatever. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm going to set up a time to pick you up. I'm going to take you to them. You're going to talk to them. You're going to pay them. You guys are going to interact. And then I'm going to bring you back. And, but I want to do that so that way you connect with somebody else. He was being a connector of people to other people. He was in engaging with people enough to know who to call and then had such a focus on engagement that he set this whole process up in a way that, that put me in a position where I had to engage with people as well. So the time comes for William to come pick me up. And he's driving me, uh, you know, a couple miles away to go pick up this domino table. And as we're driving, we're driving past places here in Detroit where, you know, outsiders may come in and look and, and, and see ugliness or see brokenness, right? And William's driving by and he's pointing at it and he's going, man, I love, I love this place right here. I man, I remember so much life happened in this house. I love this block. We're driving by, you know, burnt down businesses and William's going, man, I love this place. You want to know what my favorite thing about this place was? You want to know what my favorite dish was that these, this restaurant used to serve? I mean, he even told me about the church that, that Santos is in now, the building that we call home, 1953 Military Street. He was telling me about it back in the day. He used to go here when he was a kid. And he told me about how church was back when him and his siblings went here. Oh, man, you wouldn't believe it. this is what it, right? like. He had so much passion and love for where he's been at. He's been here for over 20 years. And the whole time he's talking, I just had a smile on my face because it was so refreshing to hear somebody talk about this place with so much love and admiration. I mean, he loves it so much that he actually started a nonprofit because he was like, man, I've lived here my whole life and I feel like I still haven't done enough to give back to this place. I love this place so much. I want to see more happen here, more growth happen here. He's saying, Rich, how can I help you and the church do more for this community? Because I want to help you guys to help the community. I want to see you guys win and my community win. What can I do to get more engaged in what's going on? What can I do to engage you more, to help you get more engaged with what's going on? I thought it was incredible. He knows people. He knows places. He connects them all to each other. In short, you could say that William is engaged. And he's successfully engaging his context. The other person I want to shout out is a, is a friend, one of my amigas that goes to Santos. Her name's Cynthia. And Cynthia is a is a great example of this as well. You want to talk about building legacy somewhere. Cynthia, on Mother's Day, there was like four generations of her family in this building. Cynthia is a Cynthia's mom, Cynthia's sister, and then her and her sister's daughters were here as well. And the thing that's cool about this is that the first time I went to visit Cynthia, she was actually driving down to Texas to pick up her grandma uh, because they just bought her a house directly across the street on the same street, directly across the street for her grandma to come live in. And so we had put together a little gift basket for Cynthia to take with her and her daughter on the road, some snacks, some gas money, whatever. And I went to drop it off, and I knocked on the door. Cynthia didn't happen to be home. And so next door, I hear this voice go, hey, 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 what's up? And I look over, oh, ain't nothing, man. I'm just leaving this for Cynthia. And he goes, oh, you can leave it with me. I'm Cynthia's dad. I'm like, what? So I look, and I'm trying to see if the houses are connected and, and they're, they're not, there's an alleyway between them, clear separation, two different units, two different houses. Cynthia and her daughter live here. Cynthia's parents, I come to find out, live directly next door. Cynthia's grandma is about to be back to live directly across the street. And then Cynthia lets me know that her brother lives right in the apartment building on the corner, diagonal from them. They, this family was working to be in close proximity to each other in this neighborhood. They put down roots They know what's going on here, and they want their family to be here. They're building a legacy right here on the block. And it's a beautiful picture, both of those, William and Cynthia, are both beautiful pictures of what it looks like to put down roots and to build a legacy somewhere, to be fully engaged where they are. So for you and me, we've been talking now for weeks about what it means to be a saint. To what it means, for what it means to be the saints, los santos. God intends for us to have an active role in what he is doing. This means that you and I too have to follow the lead of William and Cynthia. We have to put down roots. We have to to dive into community, in our community. We have to be disciples and we have to, uh, to, to stretch our hand out in order to help make other disciples. This means real, long-lasting growth. And that doesn't happen without longevity somewhere. So we have to be engaged. We have to be committed. Too many times we, we start to strip the image of God off of the things and the people around us because we just lose interest We become disengaged. And so we fail to see the value, the God-given value that the people and places that God put us around have. We have to restore in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits, restore the image of God to the people and the places around us. And we have to re-engage with them. That means for us, We have to consider, right? We talked last week about inventory, taking inventory. You and I now have to take a very real inventory of what would be different if we, if our families really, really made it a point to engage our context, engage where we are, to walk into that job with renewed vision, to walk into our neighborhoods with renewed vision to approach our friends that we've known for a while that maybe we've never engaged in this way, to approach them with renewed vision, our marriages, our cities, our states, with renewed vision to re-engage them with the love of Jesus Christ. If you and I stop looking for the next best thing, the next biggest thing, the next promotion, the next biggest house, the the bigger yard, the nicer car, and we focused on where God has us right here and right now. If we put down roots and began working towards a meaningful, impactful, long-lasting, life-changing, culture-shifting relationship, how different would our surroundings start to look? We'd stop searching for somewhere else to feel more like home, and we'd begin to see home right where we are. We would engage the people in places that God has us next to and we begin to see value in them again. And hopefully we begin to fall in love with the idea of being present, being in the here and the now. We would live with a heightened sense of intentionality. So my encouragement for you is this. This week, today, Tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, pray, spend some time with God. Ask Him for that renewed vision, that renewed mindset. Ask Him to, to motivate you to where you are. Ask Him for the help to get re-engaged, to tap in to the people He has you close to, to the people you walk by every day, drive by every day, the gas station you frequent the most, the grocery store you frequent the most, that cashier, that butcher, that barber, that nail technician that hairstylist, that ice cream man. Whoever it is, re-engage. Tap into them. Tap in with them. Walk into your job, your community, your relationship, your season of life you're currently on, the block you live on. Lay down that welcome mat. Turn the lights on. Blast the music. Start throwing a party, man. Levanta tu bandera right, like raise your flag, let some people know you're here, and invite them in, throw open the doors, throw open the windows, and let's get to work, because when we engage, our city prospers, and like the prophet Jeremiah told Israel, in their situation, in their geography, seek that prosperity for where you live, because when the city prospers, you will prosper. So for you listening to this, my, my encouragement for you is this as well. Seek the prosperity of your neighborhood, of your block, of your city. Because when the city prospers, you too will prosper. Let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, I thank you for the call that you've put on our lives. That Jesus, you would choose to work through us and use us to reach people, to build your kingdom. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to engage with where we are. You would help us to to see your image, the value that you've created into things that you've literally built into people and the places around us. Father God, so that we wouldn't throw them away, so that we wouldn't strip them of the value that they have that was given by you. But God, we would value them so much that Lord, we would throw our lives at it that we would serve it, that we would love them, that we would seek the prosperity of where we are. Because when where we are prospers, we prosper. God, that means growth for us. That means life for us. That means joy for us and for our surroundings. Lord, help us to, to see with those eyes. Give us your eyes and give us your hearts for where we are. and Help us to engage them the way you would. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Santos Church Podcast. We hope that you were blessed by what you heard today and that it moves you towards action and greater faith in Jesus. If you'd like to connect with us more, you can find us online at santoschurch.org. And that's also a great place to give if you'd like to contribute to the ministry and our mission here in Southwest Detroit. If you're on Instagram, you can connect with us at Santos Detroit or Facebook, and it's facebook.com santoschurchdetroit Santos Church Detroit. If you find yourself in the Detroit area, we'd love to have you in person Sunday mornings at 11, 1953 Military Street. Either way, hablamos pronto. We'll talk to you soon.